The point of this is to provide the best facts-driven show that we possibly can. Ideally, you have a glue guy who is good. Hashtag glue guy, hashtag locker room guy. You can't go sign Bobby Holy to a trillion dollars. You can't do these things. Very satisfying. The absolute best NYR show in town. This is the Liberty Blue. Liberty Blue. Rangers Podcast. Rangers Podcast. With Andrew Shelby. Andrew Shelby. And Nick Zoraris. Zoraris. Rangers fans, welcome to the best Rangers podcast in town. I am Andrew Chelney alongside Nick Zararis, and we are Liberty Blue. We scream about the Rangers so that you can save your voice. That's how deeply we care about you, and we appreciate that you've joined us for the ride. This is episode 10. We are in double digits. I guess that means we officially made it out of the testing stages, and we are officially official. We'll put the full video up on our YouTube, Liberty Blue Podcast, and the audio version will be available as an audio podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever else as well. Search Liberty Blue and it should be there at Liberty Blue Pod on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Chelney Andrew, C-H-E-L-N-E-Y Andrew on Twitter. And Nick is at Nick Z-A-R-A-R-I-S on there. Those are our personal handles. Nick was up in Montreal last week. How'd that go? It was nice. It was a good few days. Um, the biggest thing was, you, you know how in New York it was like 95 degrees and like 80% humidity for five straight days last sure. year? Sure. That was the biggest thing. It was like 75 degrees. It was comfortable. You were able to be outside and not dripping in sweat. That was the biggest thing for me. The weather was nice. The Bell Center was pretty cool. It, it, it was it was interesting, to say the least. I had a good time up there. The weather was very nice. I, I returned with a lush national de hockey hat. So yeah. I, I had myself a, I had myself a good week. I'm very happy. Glad to be back. Uh, the Rangers did something. They made me get out of bed the, before I left at <laughs> midnight of last week. That, that's our that'll be our natural starting point for the show. It's the biggest topic we've had. The Rangers haven't really thrown us a bone since they signed Trocheck. Uh, I mean, it was fun to make fun of Jimmy Vesey, but there's degrees to this. I mean, Jimmy yeah. Vesey might end up in Hartford the entire year. Uh, they named Truba captain. Uh, He's not signed, by I, the way. Still, to my knowledge, Jimmy Vesey is still yeah, not a Ranger. Officially so. signed. Yeah. Yeah. That, the, I don't know what did did I forget who it was was it uh Brooks Brooks did yeah. did he just like just put it out there saying like okay well this is happening I guess like see in September like I, where where's the news if he's putting it out there in the article like oh is he just putting it out there like months before it gets released like if he has it's that possible. information where's everything else where's the information it's- we need more I do think the Rangers might have gotten their their surprise spoiled. I don't think they intended to announce it on a random Tuesday in the middle of August. I do think weeks finding out probably spoiled what they were going to do. There is a real chance they might have waited till like right before the season started after training camp or maybe even as far as making it a surprise on opening night. But the Rangers named Jacob Truba captain, and that means something. What? It means, I think, is what everybody's been grappling with for the better part of the last week, because it's definitely not irrelevant. This does mean something for the Rangers going forward, but everybody trying to read the tea leaves and interpret what exactly it means is where we are now, and it's why we're kind of in the weeds and I broke our rundown out into good cop, bad cop, because there are there are two schools of thought on this. And depending on your overall view of hockey, it's probably going to decide whether you're going to be on one side or the other about Truba being captain. So I want to make a point of having that we uh, we have both 
sides of this argument here because Andrew and I are pretty much of the same opinion here, but we do want to acknowledge that we are not the only hockey opinions that are out there, that there are people who watch hockey differently from us that value different things. And we want to make sure that even if we don't have somebody representing that viewpoint here, that we're able to talk about it and make sure that we're not just glossing over something because we disagree with it. So the floor is yours, Andrew. I yield. What are your thoughts on Jacob Truba being named captain? It's fine. Like I, that, I feel that's kind of the best way to describe it. Is it's fine. Like it's uh, the Rangers have have for years now held this assumption that the captaincy val is is worth more to players, uh, not uh, to to fans more th- more so than players. The players have kind of shrugged it off as, oh, it's whatever. It's just a letter. It's not important. Doesn't matter. But then they get the letter. They're like, oh, like this is so important to me. Like all these things is like, ah, I mean, one of these things is true and one of these things isn't, right? Like, what what's the truth here? So yeah, I mean, it's fine. I like there was a report last year uh, or earlier this year that Drupa was supposed to be captain last season, and it got nixed by somebody above Gallant. And now I guess whoever nixed it went back on it or agreed with Gallant now that he has established himself as the head coach of the Rangers. It was, he wasn't just a fresh face coming in saying, hey, make this guy the captain. The Rangers were like, uh, hold on, hold on, let's hold on here. And now that a year has passed, the Rangers were like, okay, we see what you can do with this team. We're going to listen to you. If you want to make Truba the captain, you can make Truba the captain. And that's what they did. They made Jacob Truba the, the next captain of the New York Rangers. And that's fine. Like, uh, as a player, we talked about him numerous times, and we'll, we'll dive into him a little bit today as well. Just like, uh, if if the players uh, the players ultimately vote for for captain, and they all want a Jacob Truba, so fine. Like, I, I don't know what that means for him trade wise. I would imagine that you don't give a cap a player the C only to trade him three months later. So I, I that to me tell you know says that he's going to stay in New York for at least another season. I don't think they're going to move him at the deadline like that. I, unless, unless somebody comes in and says, Hey, we'll give you 17 first round picks for Jacob Truba, which case I'm sorry, Jacob, but you're, but you're out of here, but it, it's fine. I, I, I Again, if the if the if this is more for the fans and the players, and the Rangers needed a captain, they haven't had one for years. You gotta appoint somebody. This give somebody the C. Rangers wanted to do it for Truba for over a year now. Fine, whatever. I am going. I am trying to be rational about it, trying to be thoughtful about it. Um, the my initial knee jerk reaction was, "Oh no, the the idiots have won." That was my initial reaction as soon as that was announced because everything that worked for the Rangers last year was kind of by accident. Uh, the team did not play well for fifty five of the eighty two regular season games. They won. They won. I think one hundred and eight points in the standings last year because they had the best goalie in the league and the second or third best power play in the league, depending on the week you check the statistics. That's not exactly encouraging that everybody involved with last year's team was like, let's just run it back. We're going to do exactly what we did last year and everything is going to be fine. I do think there is a little bit of cause for concern there from just a top-down view that, oh, we were fine last year. We won all those games and we didn't really know what we were doing all of last year. We, we got the best goalie in the league. Our power play is still going to be good. 
and one of these guys we drafted in the top 10 of the entry draft is, has to be good, right? That, that's basically what they're telling you the team view is. And in naming Truba captain, they are validating that they think that what last season was, was real. That they are going to be a genuine Stanley Cup contender for the next three to four years, and then they'll reassess from there. I saw, I, I went through a lot of the replies to tweets about Truba being named captain from the verified accounts. Because this is one of the things I do to gauge whether or not a move the Rangers make is good. If people are making fun of the move, that typically means it's bad. If they're saying, ah, shit, ah, damn, they, oh, then they think it was a good move. I saw one person say, the only captain in the NHL who means less to the success of their team is the captain in Columbus. Boom Jenner. So just if you're getting a, a gauge on this, and this is something I talked about last week in a Twitter spaces that hockey DB put together for the, about the Rangers coming this upcoming season, your captain has to be kind of good at hockey to validate what they do as a leader. Like you can be the best rah, rah glue guy in the locker room possible where everybody likes to hang out with you. You can drink beers till your face. You can drink beers till the sun comes up. You can hold an amazing conversation. You're a great DJ on the Aux. but at some point you do need to be able to back up your personality with a level of play. And what Truba provides on the ice in terms of his play is something the Rangers don't have a ton of. He is one of those guys who is willing to use his body to impose his will on the game. That is something that goes a long way with other guys on the team. And that's something that as an analytics leaning person, as somebody who watches a lot of tape, it doesn't really move me. It's not the most important thing in an evaluating a player, but I don't have to make that decision. I'm not the one who's saying, well, if he blocks the shot, I don't have to. So to your point about if the team wanted this, who are we to tell them what they don't want? At the same time, if the team just thinks they're going to be able to do what they did last year, there is no Frank Vitrano on the horizon. There is no Andrew Kopp on the horizon. This is going to be the team more or less, and they're going to be able to add one guy. If you think you can just run it back with what you did last year and Truba having a different letter on his jersey this year is going to make move the needle that much, I just don't I don't see that. And this is part of that good cop, bad cop argument. Because largely, I'm with you, Andrew. I don't think it matters all that much who the captain is. As long as the players are happy with it, I think that's what matters the most. But arguing the other side of this, I mean, when you go back and look at it, and we're going to talk about this in a little bit, Typically, teams that win the Stanley Cup, their captain is one of the four, five best players on the team. You can make an argument Trouba's like the eighth best player on this team. And I do think that is something that is worth talking about. So where do you want to start unpacking this? Because there's a lot of points to cover here, and we can get lost in the weeds if we're not organized. I think one of the the top the, the points that I just thought about is if you're going to give the C to a defenseman, is there a reason why you didn't give it to Adam Fox? Because Adam Fox okay. was kind of worlds better than Jacob Chuba. Now, again, we don't know what the locker room setup is. We don't know. The, the players ultimately voted for Jacob Chuba so that he, got, he gets to see. And does it mean anything in the grand scheme of things? The answer is probably not. But to, to your point, it, it, it does kind of raise a red flag that most other captains that have ever played in the NHL were either one of, if not the best player on the team. Is Jacob Trouba the best player on the Rangers? No. Is he a top three player on the Rangers? The answer is no. Is he a top five player on the Rangers? 
Uh, you can maybe argue that, but ah, uh, you, you can, like there's there's arguments to both sides. Whereas if you take a look at Steven Stamkos on the on the Lightning, right? Is he the best player on the, on the Lightning? Not re- no. You have Vasilevsky, you have Hedman, you have Kucherov, but is he a top five player on the Lightning? Absolutely, no doubt about it. Yes, he is. Jacob Trouba is he top five on the Rangers? Ah, uh, you know, but maybe and uh, already that's that's not good. So. Yeah, it's ultimately it's just a letter on a sweater. All right, it doesn't mean a whole lot in the grand scheme of things. Like if again, the players wanted him to to wear the the letter. If the if the letter means so much to him, let him wear the letter. But is he one of the best players on the team? The answer is no. And historically, the captain has been the leader off the ice and also the leader on the ice. And Jacob Truba has a lot of hits. Yeah, I mean can take slap shots on the blue line because that's all he does when he has the puck. He will shoot. He's a heat check guy. He will shoot. Yeah. He's a operators guy. He's got the ball. Jacob Trouba time. Right. He will shoot no matter where he's from, no matter if it's going into the net or 17 feet wide. He is taking the shot. So that's what he does Um, on defense. He's, uh, very hot and cold to say the least. Like sometimes he's, he's, sometimes he's, he's solid on the blue line. Other times, he's an absolute liability, so you don't really know what you're getting there. And as a defenseman, you kind of need to defend well every game. So that's 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 where my questions are coming from. Where you know, is to if if you're the captain, you're leading the team on on the ice and off the ice and on the ice. If you're not even if you're not the best player at what you do or one of the best players at what you do, then why are you the captain? He's got good vibes, Andrew. The Rangers are yeah, the Rangers. The, the, the Rangers for sixties are off the charts. So I guess I guess he's got that going for. That's the thing. Uh, a lot of people did make that joke during the course of the playoffs last year that the Rangers kept winning all of those games purely off of vibes because it wasn't <laughs> the hockey they were playing. They yeah. weren't playing particularly good hockey. Sure. Hold on to your butt. Hold on to your butts and hope the other team takes a penalty. Isn't exactly a strategy, but the Rangers tried their best to make it one. One yep. thing we can talk about in this conversation is a lot of us uh, fans, media, media adjacent, etc., like to project onto the team. A lot of people, a lot of people, very surprised that it wasn't Zabinajad or Kreider named captain based off of how long they've be- both been here. They're the two longest tenured people on the team. Kreider, obviously, the longest tenured person on the team. I know there's been conjecture that Kreider is the type of person who doesn't like attention, who doesn't particularly like talking to the media. Discussion to be sure about what that conversation was like. I-, I do wonder about what that process was like, if there was like... If there was like a scene in the Godfather type, I had to sit down and said, are you guys okay with this? As long as the rest of the leadership's okay with this, we want to do this. Because I do think if there was a problem with it, they would have rolled six A's again or five A's because Strom's not on the team anymore. They would have given it to Trocek. I, I don't think it particularly matters. Again, this is just hockey fans. It's August. There's not actually hockey to talk about. So when you can talk about things like this that are lend themselves to speculation, it's very easy to get carried away. Give give everybody in the team an A at that point. I, again, there's they they gave they gave Rangers like except there were like 17 A's on the team last season. I, how many A's can you get can you give out? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, there's there's only what are you gonna give an A for for one uh, one for every line and give five of them to defensemen too and give it to Shusterkin and, and screw it, give it to the guy in the front row. Like, if you're just gonna if you're gonna do that, then you 
just give everybody an A. But yeah, I mean, again, like you, you want the if you're wearing a C on the team, you want to be the guy. Like you want to be the most, or at least one of the most dependable people that are on the ice at all times. Like if like Nicholas, like Nick Lidstrom wore the C for forever in Detroit. Every time he got out there on the ice, you knew that you were not going to score. Like it's it's try as you might. But Nick Littstrom is one of the best defensemen to ever play in the sport ever. So, of course, when he has the C and he backs it up on the ice, like that's that's what a captain should be. But when Jacob when Jacob Truba is on the ice, you kind of don't know what kind of version you're getting from him. Sometimes he's great. Other times he's not very good at all. So he's high variance. He's that, very yeah, high variance, and, and that's a problem when you pick a captain. And uh, uh, for for the tenth time, like the players wanted it, so the players decided that he was the best locker room presence. Hashtag locker room guy. Hashtag grit. Hashtag intangibles. Hashtag whatever. But on the ice, is is he really the epitome of a captain? Just because he hits a lot? Ah, uh, I, I don't know. Okay, so the last thing I want to have on this point before we move along in the conversation. A rule of thumb for the year 2022. If Mark Messier thinks it's a good idea, it's probably not a good idea. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate Mark Messier's contribution to the Rangers and their history. 1994 is all I, I will ever hear about unless the Rangers win a Stanley Cup again, yep. which, you know, gonna working on it. Not No guarantees. Right, but, right. The, the weird place that Mark Messier holds in New York for somebody who wasn't in New York that long, who threw a hissy fit on his way out the first time, then threw a hissy fit again when they didn't hire him to be the coach any of the last two times they had a vacancy, and really still kind of lives in the world where I'm Mark Messier and doesn't consider outside opinions and really, really doesn't know where the game of hockey is at right now, which is kind of a problem. That that's my last point on this. Mark Messier thinks Jacob Truba being named captain is a good thing, so that gives me a bit of pause. Again, like, sh- sure, it's fine. It's fine. It's it's not you know trading seven round picks just to get somebody. It's not you know I guess we're encompassing the full range of the yeah. scope all the sure. way from the this is awesome to yeah. the this is a disaster. We're trying to cover. Yeah, all the yeah. Versions. I mean, I, listen, like. It's awesome in the sense that the Rangers finally have a captain, like because they yeah. haven't had one for years now. So I, I finally having somebody that wears the C and is is that guy in the locker room and is you know somebody that the media can uh, that the Rangers as a as a media organization can trot out and say, hey, like we have a captain. Here's all of these graphics and these videos and and here like here's this big announcement for for news purposes and all these things like it. Okay, that's terrific. That's fine. Like, but again, I, on the opposite end of that, it, the captain should be a leader on the ice. Jacob Truba does 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 the hitting. He is very noticeable. Pittsburgh certainly did not like the decision to give Jacob Truba the C. I would guarantee that, judging by their comments still to this day about Jacob Truba's hits in that first round playoff series. But ultimately. It's it's got to be somewhere in between because like he's not good enough to be the best player on the ice whenever he is on the ice, but he's also not the worst player either. So he's kind of in the middle, which is fine. But is that captain worthy? Like I, 
I, I it, it'd be tough to convince me of that. Okay, so this is where we can get into the next part of this conversation, where you go, you start talking about the who's been the captain on the team that's won the Stanley Cup. All the teams that have won the Stanley Cup in the last, I went back to 2010. This past year, so I'm switching over to my spreadsheet. So if I'm squinting, that's because I'm looking at the spreadsheet. So this year, Gabe Landeskog on the Avalanche was seventh in goals above replacement of everybody on his team. Last year, Steven Stamkos, eighth. The year before that, Stamkos only played in one game that entire postseason, so I gave him an N.A. He didn't play the reg- most of the regular season because he had an injury. Petrangelo, the year the Blues won, was fifth. Ovechkin, fifth. Crosby, fourth. Crosby, third. Jonathan Taze, third. Dustin Brown, fifth. Jonathan Taze, first. Dustin Brown, first. Chara, second. Jonathan Taze, first. So going back in terms of history – Usually one of the five best players is your captain. That is a true tested thing. And then you get the mythology behind it. Well, the team went on this run because they have leaders like this, especially when you have teams like this that won multiple cups over an extended period of time. I mean, Sidney Crosby has been a captain since George Bush was president. Char was the captain of the Bruins for the better part of 12, 13 years. Dustin Brown was the captain for, I think, six or seven years before they took it away from him and gave it to Drew Doughty, which was very funny a couple (laughs) years ago, which I forgot about until I started doing this research. And you go down the list and you just start to think about, well, where is Jacob Truba in terms of value on the team? And Andrew, I'm glad you didn't ask because I have that on my spreadsheet too. (laughs) For 2022, he was 10th. For 2021, 15th. And then his first year in New York, Andrew, if I, including people who only played 10, 15 games, if you had to guess what number on the team in goals above replacement, Jacob Trouba was his first new year in New York. That's not a good throw. Like, yeah, that's, no, that's, it's not. That's a scary throw because, like, <laughs> now the tease is, is that, like, because you included all of these, like, extra players. That that is scaring me for the for the eventual answer. That is like, was he last? Was he dead last? Second to last. Good. That's good. That's what you want your captain to be. That's. that's I mean, that was three years ago. You could. You could. The 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 good. The angel on my shoulder here is saying, "Well, he's gotten better each year. He's been to New York. He's gone from twenty second to fifteenth to tenth. That is tangible progress in the right direction. That's a sign of improvement." Sure, I, again, but like that the first year that he got to New York, the Rangers were awful. So I yeah. guess being 22nd in a year where none of the team could do anything right, uh, whatever. Is it, it, for a guy that you're paying $8 million, you would like to see higher than 22nd, but that's beside the point. The, the whole team was bad, whatever. 15th in a in a better year, still like you're paying a guy eight million dollars, you kind of want better results. And even last season, like tenth, is he the be- is he the tenth best player on the team? But and if he is, why are you giving the captaincy? And also, why are you paying him eight million dollars? But that's you know again that like that contract was signed before before the pandemic, and the idea was that the cap would be a lot higher and all these things. Like you know that's that's a whole other can of worms. But yeah, if 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 your if your captain is double digits in that area then you might you might want you might want to reconsider you might want you might want to reconsider because that's that's kind of low this is something i would have liked somebody to ask somebody with the team or truba himself at his media day i would have liked to ask him ask i would have liked to have asked him 
What changed for you from the end of 2021 to last year? Because as everybody knows, the 2021 New York Rangers were more of a soap opera than a hockey team. You had the D'Angelo Truba, the D'Angelo Georgiev thing. You had the Tom Wilson thing. What changed for you in the span of an offseason that you feel that much more comfortable as a leader over the course of five, six months? That's something I want to know the answer to because that's a legitimate question I have. I, I really did feel like coming into this season that there wasn't a captain on the roster yet for that reason, that last year was such a debacle behind the scenes that if somebody was actually a cap worthy of being a captain, they would have put their foot down at some point during that season and said, Hey guys, this isn't going to cut it. Somebody would have taken D'Angelo aside and said, you keep, you keep talking like that about your teammates. This is going to be a problem. You need to stop it. Even if you think you're being funny, that's not cool. That's your teammate. You're supposed to go to battle with them, not be sarcastic when you just lost. The the Tom Wilson thing, Trooper wasn't playing in that game, but you, you, somebody at some point, I, w- I just want to know the difference. I want to know mm-hmm. what changed for him. What made the light go on that made him feel that last year he was able to be more of a leader as opposed to the year before? That's something I would have liked a better answer to. That's a great question because as you mentioned, the, the Rangers prior to last season were a dumpster fire on the ice, but also off the ice as well. There were so many problems going on in the locker room, off the ice that they, they, they really just, you know, no lot. What is, what was the, what was the infamous ad? No soap operas, only hockey. Well, the Rangers yes. were no hockey and all soap operas. Yes. Like, there was everything, everything that could have possibly went, it happened off the ice happened for this team. But Jacob Trouba was in the locker room for the entire season. So if he was, if he's such a great leader, then why did those things keep happening? Uh, I mean, again, like maybe Jacob Truba just took a step up and and elevated himself into a captaincy position. And after that season, maybe he spent the 2021 offseason, you know, forming himself into what a captain should be. And maybe he made strides in changing the way that he approaches locker room arguments and conversations. Maybe he did all that. I don't know. That would have been a phenomenal question to ask. We would have liked the answer to it, but maybe he did all those things right now. We don't know. It's all speculation because nobody asked him because everybody's, you know, that's the softball questions here, but that would have been a very good question to ask. But I, it's a, it's a great point because like if you're in the locker room, Last season, and all of these things happen, and I don't know what kind of role you had in maybe fixing them or preventing them or mediating them, but they kept happening. So now, fast forward a year, Gallant wanted to make you the captain then. Last season, it didn't work out. And now, all of a sudden, this year, you're magically of a lead in the locker room and you want the captaincy. I, I don't know. I mean, again, maybe, maybe Truba did work on it. Maybe he did take, take strides and steps into figuring out what a leader is and how to become one and do all these things. But it's definitely a question that needs to be asked and answered. Do you you think he's audiobook or just straight book when he went into the self-help section for leadership? (laughs) Audiobook or did he get the physical book at Barnes & Noble? He might have went to SparkNotes. Listen, (laughs) I don't... He might have... You know what I found out? You know what I found out the other day that's horrendous? The website everybody used for... Quizlet's not free anymore. No? Oh, boy. It's not free anymore. I found that out the other day. and I saw that on Twitter and I went to check for myself. Yeah. God, I don't. I would not have gotten through college if Quizlet did not exist. So, yeah, Quizlet, Quizlet 
saved a lot of high school trauma. I will say, <laughs> like, I don't know, I don't know what other word to describe. Like Quizlet, Quizlet, and SparkNotes were real, were truly, were truly the OGs. And for Quizlet to to not be free anymore, I mean, I get it. Like you know, yeah. a lot of a lot of people in school use Quizlet. Uh, so hey, if if you you got to make money somehow, this is uh, especially especially in a in a post pandemic. I guess it's post pandemic at this point. But like in, in this kind of world, you got to make money somehow. So I guess you got to make it off of sixteen year olds. I need to study for a test. I don't know. High school kids don't have money. How are they supposed yeah, to get Quizlet? I don't know. I guess like uh, that's a great question. Well, I I guess they can't use Quizlet then. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. They're gonna have to buy real flashcards again. We're gonna have to bring back actual <laughs> well, flashcards. Yeah, they're, you, you're you're keeping the post-it game alive. They're gonna bring back the flashcards. I mean, it's the eighties all over again. Okay, so uh, real point here. Last year, two years ago, we're really getting into the mechanic. Trying to learn all the verbiage and understand the different things that are used in football parlance. I did go out and buy a pack of flashcards to go and help myself memorize all the things to help make watching tape easier. I really was out here studying. Like, and that was just, yeah, I, it, it's an effective system. <laughs> to be a vocabulary test. It'll help you remember the words. I, yeah, I mean, I guess. I I don't know. I, I that That's, I'll, I, I'll let you have the floor with this one. Because, like, I don't, I, I don't use Flash. I mean, I don't have a test to study for. So, I, I guess, I'm, I, I'm like Steven Samkos when you played that one game in the playoffs. Like, I'm N.A. That's. I don't. I scored my one a, goal. It's not a yes. It's not a no. Uh, yeah, it's kind of. No. I, I, I'm here. I'm, I'm present. I have that one game played, but you can't gleam anything off of me. So I don't have any post its or or note or flashcards to to to, <laughs> to give you one way or another. Okay. Last bit of content we have for you before we do parting shots. This is something I was talking about last week in that Twitter spaces because we were trying to, it was a real discussion about what made sense for where to play Kako and where to play Lafreniere in the lineup. And this isn't going to be specifically about the Rangers. This is going to be more general hockey ideas and like concepts wise. So typically speaking in hockey, you, you got your three forwards and your two defensemen. Your three forwards all ideally have different skill sets from one another. You don't have redundancy. Unless you have guys who are multifaceted, in which case they fall into two of the boxes as opposed to just one of the box, then that's a little bit of a different conversation. But for the purposes of this point, conversation, generally speaking, you want one puck retriever, one playmaker, one shooter. You can have somebody be two of those, all three of those, or some combination, but each line ideally has at least one person capable of doing each of those things for the purposes of balance. And we've seen the Rangers run into this problem, especially at points during the lean years where the lineup was a little shallower. They did not have somebody with enough of the other skills playing on that Panarin line. For the large stretches of... The last two years, whether it be Colin Blackwell, whether it be Dryden Hunt, whether it be Barkley Goodrow, those guys are all what you would call a puck retriever. They'll go get the puck if it's below the goal line. They'll engage in battles along the boards. They will forecheck. They will try to clog up space in the neutral zone. They usually are okay defensively, but ideally you'd be a little bit better defensively. But none of those guys had another trait. None of them were great passers. None of them were great shooters. I'll say Blackwell was an okay shooter. Decent shot for somebody with a small 
statistical profile to that point. Only, I think, 100 games to that point at like 25 years old. So not a huge profile to build on, but not a great shooter. And it's an interesting point when we're talking about the Rangers this year because they are going to have to decide. Do we want to play Kako, who profiles more of a puck retriever than a shooter or a playmaker, with Zabinijad and Kreider, who are a shooter and a playmaker? Or do we want to play them with Panarin and Trocek, who are a playmaker? And Trocek, I would consider a hybrid. He's a playmaker and a puck retriever. And Panarin is has a good shot. He just doesn't use it enough. So it's just one of those things where when you think about the Rangers and their recent history and why they've had trouble at times creating offensively, it's because they don't have enough diversity of skill set. They have a lot of guys who are good at one thing and then like three or four guys who are good at two things. And then they have a bunch of guys who are really good at retrieving the puck and chasing the puck. And that's a useful skill to have. But if that's all you're bringing to the table, I, I that's not enough to keep you on my team, unfortunately. You just When you're thinking about it, that'd be like having a pitcher who only throws one or two pitches. You got to have you got to have some variety in your toolbox you got to be able to do multiple things as much as i like what dryden hunt did on that second line as a puck retriever putting the puck in the net you playing on the second line you got to be able to put the puck in the net and this is more just open-ended and jump in whenever you want to cut me off but it's frustrating to see the rangers saying okay we're not going to prioritize offense here. We're going to be safe here and putting those bottom six guys in the top six. And you talked about it last week with the Jimmy Vesey thing. Jimmy Vesey is a puck retriever, I guess, if you had to put him in one of the three boxes. He's not even that good at that. Yeah, I agree. I Listen, it's if, if you're putting somebody that is not known for their offense in, their to, in the top six and surprise, surprise, they don't produce offense – then, like, what? Why? Like, what's the point of that? If you're putting Dryden Hunt, who clearly does not have top six offense poten- offensive potential, why are you putting him there? All you're doing is putting him in a position to fail. You're not putting him in a position to succeed. Because here's the thing: like, you ha- if if you have a team with twelve forwards, six defensemen, and two and two goalies, you want to put every single one of these players in a position to do well and to and to do the things that they do the best at and succeed in those positions. Like, you can't put, you know. Uh, Libor Hayek on, on the top pairing and think, okay, this is going to work out beautifully. He's fine. No, no problem at all. He's he can he can handle it. He's 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 okay. No, like, no, like don't do that. Don't please please don't do that. I please listen listen to me right now. Please don't do that. I beg of you. I I legitimately will go crazy. Please don't do that. But also, like it, you know, you have you have to play. You have to use your players to your strengths. So. Putting Jordan Hunt on the second line of the first line, and then magically he's not providing any offense, and then Panarin stagnates offensively because he passes to Jordan Hunt who can't score, and like you know now all of a sudden you you you're breaking up the flow of that line, so it hurts everybody on the team to put players in positions that they're not comfortable playing in. So by you know not addressing the it, it, the yeah. offensive issue that they had, guess what? It's not just going to magically fix itself. You have to you have to go out and fix it, address these issues. And yeah, like Chochek is good. He's better than Strom, all these things, you know, but you need other complementary players that are able to score. And did you do that? I don't know. Oh, man. 
it's frustrating. It's frustrating when you know what the solution to a problem is, but you have no means of engaging that solution, of using it. I mean, the Rangers have had interesting guys they could experiment with. Like, I understand why they played Sammy Blay in the top six before he hurt his knee. That's somebody who has shown the ability to shoot at an above league average level, even though he's not a great skater. At least he's willing to shoot. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about here. Be a little more inventive. And we're going to see it really engaged with on the third line this year because that's going to probably be Philip Heedle and then either Lafreniere, Kako, or um, Vitaly Kraftsov. And then whoever isn't in the top six and then who could be on the fourth line playing as the third forward. So if that's Sammy Blay, is he going to be the shoot first guy that Heedle needs? And then what does that do to who plays right wing? This is just one of the many things that rattles around in my brain when I see the lines, like every single day during the season, when I see somebody who's at practice, tweet the line combinations, I'm thinking, well, do they have a puck retriever? Okay. Yeah, they got one. Do they have a shooter? Okay. Do they have a playmaker? No. And this is where you get into the problems. I mean, last year, they and they got into this after the trade deadline, and they had some depth. Zabinajed, playmaker. Kreider, shooter. And puck retriever. Vetrano, shooter. Okay, you've got all three. Panarin, playmaker, plus shot. Okay, good. Strom, I would say playmaker. And then Kopp, playmaker, shooter, a little bit of a puck retriever, a little bit of all three, not elite at any of the three, but pretty good at all three. That's diversity of skill set. The third line, Heedle, playmaker, puck retriever, Kako, and Lafreniere. Playmaker, Lafreniere. And you just think about it like that. And then you get to the fourth line, which was a real problem. That was three puck retrievers. And none of those guys were able to actually do anything with the puck when they had the puck. That's something you can address going forward. It's why I always say you can never have enough talent in your lineup. It's why I hate saying he's too good to play in the bottom six. You could just have a good bottom six. I mean, right, yeah. there's no there's no rule against having talented guys in the bottom six. I mean, the Rangers' third line was so consistent last year in the postseason. Arguably their best line the entire um, over the course of the playoffs. There's no rule against that. You're allowed to have good players on the third line. You're even allowed to have pl- good players on the fourth line. I no don't know way. if teams know this. No way. No, no. That's that's uh, that's illegal. Uh, yeah, everybody knows that, Nick. Come on. It's illegal. But also, like, you know... The uh, like, and on top of having good players on your third line, it, you're playing against the other team's bottom six. And good, if you're a good player on the third line, you can just dominate. Like yes. if you're, you can just straight up dominate the game. If if you if you have a, a really good third line, you will absolutely crush most, if not all other third lines in the NHL. So the idea that oh he's too good to play in the third line, the fourth line, that's ridiculous but also the better your depth the more likely you will just dominate anybody else who tries to stack up against you when it comes to the bottom six so yeah if you can if you can find a a a player that fits in that that could be a second line center but if you have or a second line winger if you if you have them on your third line because your top six is that stacked that that player is going to dominate what what are you telling me that this man can like who insert player here can outskate Matt Martin or or like you know or whoever else like really really I 
Yeah, if you if you can do it, if you can have somebody who can play in the top six play a third line role, yeah, yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. I feel like I feel like we're going crazy. Like, yeah, of course. Is that not obvious? Is that not what you should be doing? I, I guess not. I don't know. Listen, I, we're not GMs, but I feel like we have good ideas. I don't know. I, Nick, listen, I, I feel like some of our ideas are not bad. But hey, that's. We're, we're talking down the mic, and those people have jobs here. So, hey, what do I know? All I'll say on this point before we do parting shots, we have two guys, Zach Jones and Nils Lundqvist. Zach Jones better suited because he's going to be left-handed, and you don't want to make younger defensemen play on their offside. You have your in-house solution for your third-pair defensemen, third-pair D problems. I mean, last year, Nemeth was a tire fire, and they had Zach Jones sitting around all year. He got in, I think, seven games at the NHL level last year. Uh, just w- diversity of skill set. You know Braden Schneider needs somebody who's going to be able to move the puck because he's not a great puck handler. You have Zach Jones sitting there, and you opt to play Patrick Nemeth, who only can bang the puck off the glass. That's his only ability as a defenseman. It's just, it's mind-boggling sometimes, and you just never get a good explanation. It's a, well, we want somebody who can protect him. We want somebody who has experience. But is it good experience? Uh, That's usually, that's my retort to that when they say, well, we don't want to have two young guys on the third pair. Why not? At, yeah. the very, at, at the very least, you can find out if Zach Jones is an NHL player or not. We're no closer to determining if Zach Jones could stick at the NHL level than we were last year. He played six games. He had good transition stats in those six games. He had okay underlying numbers in those six games. Never heard from again. Sent to the abyss that is Connecticut. I don't understand the thought process of we'd rather play an old player that we know is bad than a young player who could potentially be bad. I never yes. understood that, and I will never understand that for as long as I live. If you have a player that's playing in the NHL right now, I don't care how much you're paying him or how long his contract is. If he's a tire fire, every single game that he plays in, or at least most games, he does not deserve to be in the lineup, and you have a, a 20-something-year-old young defenseman or a, a player that is ready to, to just take the role and just at least try him out just to see if he is capable of doing it. Why you'd rather play the, the older, more expensive player who is bad as opposed to seeing if the younger player is bad doesn't make a, a, an atom's worth of sense to me. It literally could not make any less sense to do that. It, it, why play Patrick Nemeth all these minutes, all these games, if every single night he shows up and 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 shows you that he is not ha- is doesn't have it right now. He didn't have it all season and again, he had a like I mentioned in previous episodes, he clearly was dealing with outside issues. There were multiple times this past season where he had to step away. There like there was there were things going on that, you know, are in public and we don't really know what the what the issue is, but there there like there, there were outside issues that were in that were impacting Nemeth's ability to play hockey. That's that that that's that should be noted when talking about Nemeth in particular. But the fact of the matter is that when he was on the ice, he was bad. So the the fact that the Rangers were like, oh, we'll just continue to play him or Lieber Hayek, who was worse, as opposed to somebody like Lundqvist or Jones, that the Rangers don't really know what they have at the NHL level. I, I don't know. I don't get it. I will I don't get it now, and I never will. Okay. Parting shots. 
I forget who went first last week. I think I did. So if you want to hit the floor running, by all means. Yeah, my parting shot is in terms of the captaincy, like who is it really for? I the is the captaincy for the players because they voted on him, or is it for the fans because the captaincy doesn't really matter? Because there seems to be a conflicting kind of narrative as to who this is for and that's what really kind of puzzles me is just like yeah yeah having a cap like having a captain on your team is probably good i like as somebody that has been around hockey for a long time like you know if you if you the captain of the team is the person that the media tends to go to it is the 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 biggest leader in the locker room is is somebody with the biggest presence you know is is somebody that uh if you had to know somebody from the team, it would it tends to be the captain. Okay, so from that perspective, it's good for everybody but the team. But the team also, I like voted for him. So if if the if the captaincy doesn't matter for the team, then have the media vote for the captain. Like, why does it at that point? Let the fans vote for the captain. If it doesn't matter, let Ryan Reeves have the captaincy. If he's so great in the locker room and he's phenomenal and everybody loves him, give Ryan Reeves the captaincy and let him play 30 games a season. What difference does it make? If if the captaincy really is that irrelevant, then who cares who gets it? But it's not that irrelevant. It does matter. So then why is the, the narrative push that the captaincy is for the fans. It's for the players too, is it not? I got I, the, the, there's this there's this push by there's this push of like oh you know it's it's all for the fans and it doesn't matter who 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 gets it the like, the locker room doesn't care. Okay, then why have letters? Why why does it matter then? Who like throw it all away if it if it doesn't matter? Clearly it does matter. So why pretend it doesn't? Andrew, are you familiar with the word copium? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That that's what, oh that, yeah. That, there's your answer. Everybody who is very casually playing this off that it doesn't matter at all. The fans are just overreacting. Are the same people who were complaining about the people complaining about the team last year. You know the ones I'm talking about. Oh well, yeah. The well, they keep winning. So why does it matter that they only have 35 percent of the scoring chances every night? Because eventually <laughs> you're going to need to score some goals if you would yeah. like to win hockey games. Those are. The people who are very happy about Truba being named captain are ideologically aligned with the same people who were complaining about the people complaining about the quality of the team last year. That that that's what this is. This is copium. This is cognitive dissonance. This is people trying to be comfortable with the decision. Nobody wants to acknowledge when their team does something stupid. That, that it's just a matter of fact. You invest your time and your energy into a team. You would like them to be always making the right decision, and that's why there is a. I won't say uh, there's a sizable portion of the fan base that's just always going to be happy with what the team does, no matter what the situation or what it is. That that would be my answer to your co- question. Very, very strong doses of copium. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I there's. I feel that's 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 a good way to put it. I, there's. If you're part of that group, like that's fine. But eventually, you're gonna need to create your own opinions and formulate your own thoughts. If you're just always going to be on board with what the team says, if you're going to be that yes guy, then, you know, like, yeah, I guess you support the team no matter what, but you want, you want what's best for the team. And if the team isn't doing what's best for the team, why are you okay with that? 
Right. It, it, ultimately, yeah. if if you're a fan of a team, let's say, like, if you've been a Browns fan for your entire life, you haven't been, be, you haven't every single offseason being like, yeah, the Browns are doing so well and they're doing all the, the right decisions and they're, you know, they, they got this guy and he's going to be a star. And like, after a certain while, everybody around you is going to be like, can you open your eyes? Yeah. And like, and read the tea leaves here like the browns are bad you know they're they're better now but i'm I'm talking about like you know uh, uh, for, for that that long stretch where they were just bad all the time like as just as an example right at a certain point you have to realize hey the franchise doesn't maybe, maybe it doesn't bat a thousand with every yeah. single decision that they make and we have to be objective about that that's why this is the most objective rangers podcast in town, you will not find a more objective show because we, I, to my to my opinion, and hopefully to, to yours and everybody watching right now, like we deliver what what we think to be the most objective uh, opinions and the, and the facts and and all the arguments that are presented, to, you know, to, to the table. So we we bring all of that and to to just be on one end of the spectrum, whether it's all great or all terrible doesn't really show the full picture. It doesn't paint the, the full scope of what the organization that we are supporting, that we are talking about, is doing. Sometimes they make great decisions. Sometimes they make terrible decisions. Sometimes they make in-between decisions that, like, yeah, like, just like this one, where it's like, yeah, I guess there are better options, but the players want a Trubis captain. He's captain. Like, whatever. It's fine. Like, sometimes they make decisions like that. And, it's it's okay. It's okay to have your own thoughts. It's okay to 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 disagree with things. If you're if you're always a a yes man or a no man, then give give me give me what you think personally, as opposed to yeah, this is great or this is bad for everything. Okay, mine is very simple. Uh, it's centered around the idea: what box do you fall into? And I think about this a lot because I'm constantly trying to think of what types of what would get the most interaction with it? What do people want? What of their content needs are is not currently being met? And people fall into a bunch of different boxes. There are just the general trolls who are trying to be funny. There are the people who want informative content. There are people who are looking for comedic content. And it's con- it's it's a never-ending struggle to kind of fill this void in the hockey space because the hockey space is underdeveloped, largely speaking from a media perspective the hockey space is underdeveloped you have people who are doing straight news who are carrying water largely for the nhl at large who is carrying water for the team they cover etc there are the content creators the people like us who do podcasts who do videos who do who are doing content from a fan perspective some have more access than others and a lot of times where they fall on that spectrum of we want to carry water for the team to get as close to the team as possible, to get access to do this, to do that. And that erodes the public trust. And right now in sports media at large, there is a genuine erosion in that public trust because for a long time now, sports media has gotten to the point where the only things that garner engagement are the talking head shows that are just people screaming at each other. And we talked about this a few weeks ago when we were talking about how I had ESPN on in the background and you said, I'm not, I don't really watch ESPN anymore. It doesn't really do it for me. And that's a genuine concern that I think about that I want to 
do better with that we're not just arguing to argue here we laid out the full range of emotions on all ends of the scale not just our individual perspectives but the overall perspectives and because we feel that's necessary to give you the clear picture it's not just what we think it's that there are other perspectives out there. There are people who are less analytically inclined than me. So I'm naturally going to want to be more curious about their perspective on things. And I will be more inclined to try and tap into their their ideas a little bit more because I don't think like that. And if I don't think like that, I want to know, okay, that's is that a blind spot for me? Am I missing something here? Do I need to revisit that? And it just goes to show you how much of this process is give and take and trying to understand your audience a little bit better while also trying to grow your own individual mind to be able to understand more ranges of opinion. And that's my goal here is to make this show as intelligent as possible to give you as much information as you can so that you can make your own decision. Well, if you agree with Andrew or I, that's not the point. It's that we want to lay out our thoughts for you in a way that even if you don't agree with us, you understand our point. That's the goal of this show. Intelligent conversation that is not just staged arguing, that is trying to move the discourse forward. That is the goal. 100% 100% agree. Even if I get like like Nick said, even if you don't agree with what we're saying, at least first of all, hear us out hopefully. But also, we're not just talking about hey, this is what we think and that's that. Everybody else is wrong, but hey, this is what we think. This is that side of the argument. This is that other side of the argument and ultimately like he, here are the pros and cons to each of 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 each thought process right yeah. we're not just screaming about oh this is this is great jacob truba new captain woo or jacob truba he's new, he's the new captain oh that's awful oh, this should have been quieter it should have been Zabana Jad. Oh, like we're not we're not these people we're out here you know trying to give everybody the the most objective like uh, you know that's one of the that's one of the top you know, the 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 overarching themes of the show is to be as objective and factually correct as possible but also just on top of trying to be entertaining which is always the goal as well just to for for everybody that's listening to kind of at least you don't have to agree but at least hear us out and hear out okay this is our thoughts this this might be your thoughts and this might be the thoughts of somebody on the opposite end of you here is everybody's pros and cons now kiss Ultimately, yeah. Uh, That's a very good way to surmise it in a single sentence. All right, Andrew, let's get the people out of here. The show will be up on all of your favorite podcasting platforms some point tonight. It will be the full video. Well, not the full. The edited video will be up on YouTube sometime Monday night, Tuesday morning. Uh, The show's YouTube is Liberty Blue Podcast. Everywhere else, it is Liberty Blue Pod. That is Chelney Andrew on Twitter. You can see if you're watching the video there, C-H-E-L-N-E-Y Andrew. I am Nick Zararis, Nick Z-A-R-A-R-I-S on Twitter. We'll have some clips. We'll talk about some more stuff. We got to figure out what we're going to do next week because I'm going to the Met game on Monday. And okay. we're probably going to end up having to record on Sunday or doing something where I'm going to have to call in at some point And we're going to do this like a radio show call in maybe. Oh. We'll figure it out. Okay. We'll figure it out. We'll be creative with it because I really have no idea what we're going to talk about next week unless the Rangers announce something else. Well, we'll always, I mean, listen, this we've been recording for an hour. There's no news. This, yes, there the, is. The team named the captain. Okay. We've been like, okay. But no, like, 
We've been yelling for an hour. We we will find we'll find something. It's fine. We'll figure it yeah. out. I will just ask random people at the Met game they're from the Rangers <laughs> this upcoming season. I will pass the phone over to them and let them talk to you over the phone while the game is going on in the background. Now, now that could be a true ESPN segment where we just argue with fans. We're yeah, just that, like random fans. Like that could be a that could be a new screaming argument. ESPN, if you're listening, call us because we'll, we'll trademark that. We'll copyright that. You can't steal that from us. I very much the man on the street interview is undefeated. That that is one thing I do miss doing from journalism school is just setting up a camera somewhere on campus and just stopping people and being like, "Can I ask you questions, please?" And just the most obscure, the most random things possible. Journalism school really forms you as a person. You you just there is no way to just go up to a stranger and say, "Can I ask you some questions?" That that's just not a normal thing. But journalism school makes you do it. It does, and also. Very, very quickly, you learn how to move on when somebody says no to you. When, when you when you cold call 75 different people trying to get an interview and 75 people either say no or don't respond to you, you just move on. Like you just yeah. you figure out a way to just be like, OK, like it's don't take it personally. You know, it's very just like, OK, they're they're. They don't want to do it or they don't care enough to, to, to want to ask. And those are not the people that you want the answer from anyway. So eventually you'll find somebody better. And sometimes it could be the man on the street for that matter. All right, Andrew. We will see you all next week at some point on Monday. Uh, be safe. All that. Um, the Mets are good at baseball, Andrew. I'm going to go watch the Met game and edit this. <laughs> uh, we'll see you guys next week. Later.